MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeffrey, producer number five and eight. How you doing, man? You good? Good morning, Gil. Jeff Parles, who also hosts the uh, the Bet Center on the weekend. Is that what you're hosting on the weekend these days? It's a rotational basis at this point. Wherever I'm needed, <laughs> I go. Okay. So I'm with uh, I'm with Wes on Saturday. Uh, betting, I guess that's betting across America, technically. Isn't and it? you'll be here doing a numbers game later this month for a couple weeks, I believe. Whenever you're gone, yes. That should be fun. On the show today, this should be fun. Todd Wishnev joins us from his mom's cork attic in uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, to be precise. See his uh, baseball betting going on, his in-games. Mark Borchert, though, hour number two. This is our Q2 derivative show on Major League Baseball. If you've watched this show for years, if you've listened to the Beating the Book podcast, the Betting Dork podcast before that, you know that Mark and I have done this for the better part of a decade. Q1, Q2, Q3 Major League Baseball season, what we do is we sort of review all of the betting stats and the object is what is narrative, what is predictive? Talking about widely available stats, money line, run line, umpires, first five betting numbers for teams, who are the best, who are the worst. And of course, the very proprietary on this show, first inning pitching stats, which we'll go over as well. We'll do all that in the second hour. Uh, but first, as always, joined on Tuesday mornings by this gentleman. He hosts not one, but two podcasts, co hosting, of course, the deep dive with Andy Molitor. And NBC Sports Bet the Edge with his buddy Sarah Perlman. It's Drew Dinsick at whale underscore capper. How you doing, Drew? 
I'm doing well. Happy uh, belated 4th of July to you and the crew, everybody listening. I hope everybody had a fun, safe holiday. You too. I can't see you. I have to look over here to see you. This the screen is uh, not on in front of me this morning. But uh, I, I trust you're doing well. Listen, I hope your Wimbledon has gone better than me. I had a, uh, a play on uh, Jewel Niemeyer this morning in straight sets. She was up a set and a break. That didn't get there. She may end up winning here. She's up a break in the third. But the big news, so I hope, I hope yours is going. I joked after hitting four futures in the month of June that I was going to go 2-17 and 17 in Wimbledon. Hasn't been that bad, uh, but it has not been a stellar one. Has yours been good? I started out almost that poorly. Uh, it was close. Uh, the first week was absolute chaos uh, in terms of my action. And, um, you know, I had a, a decent, decent equity on a bunch of guys who go out with COVID. That happens, too. Um, but, uh, overall, um, you know, my, the fate of this tournament before it even started kind of rode on the, uh, on the fortunes of one lady and she remains alive. She remains that alive. that is Anz, Anz yes. Jabor, of course. She's going later today against, uh, Buzkova and, um, I make her about minus 400 there. So feeling cautiously optimistic, she gets through to a semifinal here. Um, and, uh, you know, at, at this point, uh, you know, that's kind of made up for what has been a, a pretty lackluster performance for me, uh, in terms of match by match betting. Um, you know, I, I, I was on the opposite side of you, uh, this morning, I had over two and a half sets of plus 140 in the Niemeyer match. So, um, you got that. It wasn't, wasn't even a really sophisticated handicap. Basically, just when you have a, a quarterfinal between two, very, you know, inexperienced players at that level, um, you know, the the tightness and the chokiness tends to produce three sets on the women's side. At least that's what I've kind of noticed through the years. Uh, like a Tom, like the Aliyah Tomljanovic versus Rybakina tomorrow, like that. That smells like three sets, really. Uh, the idea that uh, that that's a, a clean win for either of those ladies seems unlikely. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's overall it's been uh, a lackluster match by match. But uh, on the men's side, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're obviously looking at right now. This is uh, the big Novak thing. Djokovic is in trouble. Yes, um, down a set, down a break. And so, like with you, the match by match has not been stellar. But I got this Rafa future sitting out there, which could basically save the tournament for me, to be honest with you. Uh, and right now, that and I did jump in. Did you jump in on center here before he got into a minus money at all? No, no. Uh, I, I did. have kind of been waiting for uh, I've been waiting for Djokovic to flip the switch and find his level because he has not looked like the player we know and love. Nope. At least some people love, I guess. Uh, on grass, some he's just do. he's not. He's not producing very much quality at all. Uh, and Sinner, for what, it, for it's, what it's worth, when there's been high leverage points, he has stepped up his game and produced um, a pretty consistent high level of tennis that I did not expect from him in this moment with these stakes. Uh, the, in, the experience gap here is so enormous. I think you can't count out Djokovic until he's facing match point. Um, and at that, even at that point, uh, we've seen him come back from more perilous situations against higher quality players. So thousand uh, percent, there's nothing I can disagree with there. Yes. <laughs> this is, this is one of those where, uh, when it's in the books, Sinner wins, I'll believe it. Yeah. Sinner trying to go up two breaks in the second set, but everything you said about Djokovic, he ain't dead till he's dead. The, uh, the Jabor thing, getting back to Jabor, you have Jabor at 33 to one. Is that correct? That's right. You remember back uh, when she was in the Rome final against yes. Iga, uh, and uh, I was scratching my head because she was coming off of a, a, a Madrid title. She's playing her best 
played tennis of her life by a mile. And, uh, you know, with the Ash Barty out of the mix, I had her as the highest rated grass player coming into the uh, the grass court swing and just was perplexed at the prices, 33 to 1. Like some of the players who were priced, uh, you know, more aggressively in the market were just, it, it, it made absolutely zero sense, especially in a field without the Belarusian women uh, or the Russian women. And, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, uh, and as we kind of talked about, we can kind of reflect, I guess, a little bit on Iga's, you know, pretty uh, unfortunate fortnight here. But, uh, you know, her camp not getting her any warm up on grass, basically kind of pointing her towards the U.S. Open and using this as sort of an extended break here in the middle of this, ca- you know, the calendar, you know, that that checks out to me. Like, I get that that strategy is is in play. And I think she should be the, uh, you know, the prohibitive favorite for the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the fact that she was not pointing towards this tournament uh, made made it that much crazier that you could have gotten Jabor at those prices. And Jabor's done nothing but kind of answer every question I've had about her at every step of the way so far. She's had some tight moments in some early round matches against players she was much better than. And she, you know, she pulled it together and she just thumped uh, the first three rounds. And, you know, she produced um, a level at the end of her round three match against Perry where it was so high quality over those last three games that it was like, if she can continue to play this well, no one's beating her. And uh, as I sit here now, I think she should be the odds on favorite to win the title. What would you um, make a, and, what would uh, you make a Jabor Halep final? So that's the scary, that's the yep. scary out. Uh, Halep, obviously the only player with, um, slam pedigree in this entire field left and numbers uh, just as good numbers just as good although as far as a grass rating I give Jabor a decent margin uh, so I would make Jabor minus 150 ish but Ooh. I would expect the market's going to give you around a pick them yeah I was going to say that seems way high to me um, <laughs> that, that seems way out of me, but that's well, the collision I, course, I fa- right? I favor Jabor. So, yes, you know. I know. I <laughs> I'm not giving you a neutral, I neutral opinion here. I, listen, I, I want to say this, though, I, you know, just sort of macro, because this applies, I think, to Dan Weston as well. Isn't it interesting? Because the, the podcast that we did, the Beating the Book podcast before Wimbledon, and we do them before all the slams, I feel like I kind of got all the macro things correct, Right. I had the Sviatek 9-1. to Don't add to that. Don't Certainly don't play her at plus 150. This is her worst surface. She's never won a tournament on this. Uh, her winning streak is not going to go on forever, right? I felt like the Orcats uh, quarter was the most random. I didn't agree with, with you and Dan about him being sort of above the fray. That ended up happening in the first round, which was just unbelievable. Didn't expect that. Um, and, I, and, I, and generally speaking, I thought when the draw came out, that Rafa really got the benefit and immediately gra- grabbed that future. But yet, on a day-to-day basis, not at all good, right? So I, I feel like grass is sort of my nemesis in this way, that the, <laughs> that the smaller sample size really does come back to get me. I don't know if you feel that way about grass, but that's certainly, um, certainly my takeaway anyway in this, this fortnight. Yeah, it's usually not like this. This has been an outlier as far as my Wimbledon's I think over so. years past. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like the the COVID stuff and, you know, Bertini and Chilich and RBA all going down. That threw it all you out. Know, yeah. That that really changed a lot of the fabric of this tournament and the futures market in particular because, uh, you know, at least you, you brought up the Hurtcats upset. Like that was, uh, you know, unfortunate. But, you know, I think I would still make that bet for him to win the second quarter. Plus we got, I got plus 270 all over the place and it closed like plus one. 30 yeah. or 40. Well, that's so a beautiful make, price. Yes. Yeah. Make that, make that bet every time and don't look back. But, 
Um, you know, I think all, overall it's been a strange tournament with the, you know, with the removal of the Russian and, and Belarusian players and the no points at stake and, uh, you know, some of the, um, just some of the other kind of macro stuff that you mentioned, uh, you know, I do think was broadly on point. Um, you know, it would be amazing for Rafa to come through and win this title so, after having well, zero warm-up. Could you imagine? Like that is... That would that would be crazy, and, and his then path be, is and not then, easy. At and this then point. be three, got, yeah. yeah, and then be three quarters of the way to the Grand Slam, which is the real headline. If that happened, right? Like we've never uh, had uh, that in our. I mean, Rod Laver was what nineteen sixty nine. So in our lifetime, we've not had that. You know, where someone got three quarters of the way through a slam. Well, we're, we're a long way from that. Djokovic did it last year, but we all we kind of I, I believe as a tennis betting collective kind of knew Medvedev was going to get him. That's right uh, at the U.S. Open, so we didn't consider it a realistic shot at the at the Calendar Slam. But, isn't, that, isn't that funny um, how quickly I forgot that, that he did last but, year? <laughs> but Nadal, yeah. uh, Nadal, improbably coming back against Medvedev at the at the Australian Open still feels like a fever dream. Um, not just because it was happening in the middle of the night and I had been on two weeks of no sleep, but you know, it, it was, that was insane comeback from him. Um, and then, uh, yeah, his French open run on the broken, you know, on the, on the, with the foot injury was ridiculous. And then to, to back that up with a Wimbledon title on his worst surface with no warm up uh, would be absolutely insane. And he hasn't really been tested to this point in terms of level of competition, but it's about to get nasty for him. Uh, Fritz is not an easy draw next. Fritz obviously beat him at Indian Wells head-to-head in the final this year. Uh, Kyrgios has a meaningful win against Nadal head-to-head at Wimbledon. So he's got his work cut out for him just to get to the final. A set point for Sinner to try to go up two sets to nothing. To love. Two sets to love on Novak. We shall see. Basketball implications from all the, uh, the drama off court. Any football bets added? Drew will let us know what he's done. On the other side, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today. It won't take you but a few seconds and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please get Gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Gil Alexander with Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports Bet the Edge podcast and, of course, uh, also the Deep Dive podcast. Jeff Parlay doing a deep dive on Yannick Sinner's Italian heritage, wondering how someone <laughs> named Yannick Sinner could be so Italian. And uh, what did you find? That he's like in a region right next to Germany and, and Liechtenstein? Was well, Liechtenstein, Switzerland, and Austria all bordered. And there it's an go. area of Italy that apparently... Six, over 60% of the population actually speaks German as their first language. <laughs> Fugazi Italian. So it's uh, it's a little bit a little bit different. All right. All right. Thanks for the deep dive on that. Appreciate it. All right. So, Drew, the drama of the NBA offseason. We went through this extensively on this show on Friday, which is to say that the morning after KD requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets and really went through why his requested destinations, Phoenix and Miami, don't really work out trade-wise that cleanly for the Brooklyn Nets, at least nothing that'll get them that excited. Whereas places like New Orleans, Toronto, and dare I even say it, Golden State actually have the best packages to send to the Brooklyn Nets for KD, who are not required, right? It's not compulsory that they trade KD to where he wants to go. They're going to do, by the way, their owner, all all, uh, indications are he's had it with both KD and uh, Kyrie sort of dictating 
these last few years, and he's ready to sort of say, this is my team. You'll go where, I'm paraphrasing now, you'll go where I tell you to go. What's best for the team? Anyway, all of this, in addition to other moves that have occurred, that's obviously the headline move, has triggered some thoughts on what might be the best teams to win the, uh, or the best bet to win the NBA title next year. I'm not sure if it has or has not for you. Well, it definitely has thrown some cold water on the nets. <laughs> that <laughs> for that's sure. That's about all I can tell you. Um, yeah, the uh, realistically, this is still completely wide open, uh, and I don't think that uh, you know the fact that you know the the pieces were in place for the Suns to make the deal and that it didn't materialize um, kind of right in that moment sort of spells you know the. It, up that there's a problem there of some sort, either in terms of what the, you know, the correct compensation is, or, um, you know, just the ability to even get it done with the way that the rules work in the NBA. But either way, it sounds like the Suns is, is drying up as far as an option. Uh, the heat, uh, similarly, I agree with you. Like there are some pretty obvious problems with the, you know, with the way that, um, that that trade would ultimately go down. So that seems unlikely. And I think realistically the, um, uh, the Pelicans and the Ra- and the Raptors in particular, those two teams stand out as you have an immediate upgrade from mm-hmm. fringe playoff team to title champ, you know, title uh, contender. Um, and the fact that the Raptors have done it once with Kawhi, uh, you know, in our recent memory, uh, you know, should keep you very, very in tune with what they're trying to do as far as the franchise goes. And if, you know, if, if people are clutching their pearls and saying we can't give up Scotty Barnes, I got I got news for you. Scotty <laughs> Barnes is not Kevin Durant. Um, and yes, he's, you know, has a very bright future ahead of him, but, uh, you know, your chances use of clutching the pearls, by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, ch- your chances to it, you have, you have a finite number of, of opportunities and Durant has two years, in my opinion, at least two years of elite basketball left where he could, uh, elevate a team to championship contention immediately. And, uh, I think you take that chance if you're the Toronto Raptors or the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. So, um, I like those two shouts as far, as far as options go. And, um, you know, I, but I have no inside information on this. It does feel like the nets, um, are asking for impossibly high prices, uh, in all of these trade rumors. Um, you know, I don't know that, <clears throat> I don't know that I would give up as much as what's being asked by, uh, by the nets for, for Durant in particular, just because like, you know, you're getting four years presume, you know, of, of his service, but really only two of those years, I think, are you getting, uh, you know, likely to get a level where you're going to, um, you know, be a true championship yeah, but, contender. So, you know, and Drew, I, I hear what you're saying, but, but obviously you, you also know, here's the thing, right? Rudy Gobert just got traded for right almost a <laughs> like literally four players and four first rounders. Yeah. And then we have the Paul George precedent from a from a few years back where it was like three number ones, two swaps, Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? So there is precedent for massive packages. So the Nets are probably thinking to themselves, your your point about age, well taken, but they're probably throwing that little nugget out of their brains, right? Oh, and sure. they're like, um, we're not. So, the Suns, the re- by the way, uh, point, uh, Bet Rivers has this up currently, Jeff. This is Kevin Durant's next team, 2022-2023. The Suns are plus 125. And mm. if you're the Nets, you would have wanted Devin Booker. They just signed Devin Booker to the, uh, to the extension, so it's not going to be Devin Booker. So you'd get DeAndre Ayton. Oh, by the way, you just signed Nick Claxton to a deal. So does like DeAndre Ayton even excite you? And then some, you know, some mishmash of Mikhail Bridges on down the line. And I don't think that that excites the Nets. 
Uh, the Raptors are plus 250. The aforementioned Heat, who I don't think it works out for. Again, rookie designate ex- uh, designated extension, designated rookie extension, where you can't have two players via trade, so they would have to move Ben Simmons, who signed that deal with the Sixers, and they acquired the Nets did by trade, so you couldn't do it with Bam, in other words. So that becomes problematic. You certainly, if you're if you're rebuilding, Jimmy Butler's not going to be part of that trade, one would think. You don't want Kyle Lowry in a rebuild. Then what do you have? Tyler Hero. And, you know, the poo-poo platter. So, I don't know. It's interesting here, you know, because the Pelicans are 8-1. to one, The Raptors are plus 250, but the Pelicans are 8-1. to one, And then there sits the Warriors. I just want to point that out. It's 16-1. to one. It's not going to happen. I just, I just want to point that out. Anyway, fascinating to talk about. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think, um, <clears throat> you know, you glossed over the, uh, the Rudy Gobert deal. And the reaction to that was, you know, predictably... Um, astonishment at yes. the price. Yes. Um, and I, you know, there were a couple of funny wrinkles about that. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the, um, the meme that went around social media for, it is still going around, frankly, the Brian Windhorse, like, uh, you know, spinning, what is going to happen here? There's some mysterious plays mm-hmm. at foot. Like, like anyone is surprised that the jazz blew it up. Like we've been expecting that for, you know, for, two, you know, since they were eliminated in round one. Right. Um, and, but you know, what they got back for Rio bear was very, 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 uh, you know, sizable haul. Um, I think it's fine if you're Minnesota and you want to make this bet that you have the core in place and all you need is that kind of defensive center to really anchor, uh, a two way team. Um, and that's, I think that was a fine bet to make, um, you know, they see themselves with, uh, Anthony Edwards as having a, you know, a future superstar. They, they're going to be in the mix for the playoffs every year. They're not going to be in the lottery again, and they're not going to have any more bites at the apple to really, uh, you know, try to bring in youth to put around these guys. Um, you know, cat and, and Rudy are obviously a little bit of an uncomfortable fit. I'm not exactly sure that Rudy makes up for all the defensive, um, you know, liabilities that you'll have out there on the floor now, uh, particularly if cats being asked to guard power fours on the other side. Um, but you know, the, uh, I would, I would still say that this does upgrade the Timberwolves pretty dramatically. Um, and particularly in the regular season, like this Timberwolves team is probably, you know, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, top three, top four in the West right now in terms of wins, uh, over the balance of the regular season. And I think, um, you know, whether they can put anything together in the playoffs and whether they have a unit that, uh, you know, can make up for the inefficiencies of Gobert on offense and the inefficiencies of, uh, of towns on defenses remains to be seen, but they have a whole year to figure it out. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to basically, I, I think there was a little bit of overreaction in terms of, you know, pointing at the price tag and saying that this was a terrible deal. when uh, ultimately they have a pretty outstanding, uh, core, uh, you know, closing five, but on paper, uh, particularly in the regular season, great starting five. It'll be interesting to see where their season win total is. Cause I, I'm with you that that feels like a better bet than any futures do. But yeah. I, and I was just bringing it up as a, here's what Brooklyn sees across, yeah. you know, across <laughs> right. the way. So this is what they're going to want we, real quick. Cause we only have a minute left. If you added any NFL wagers since last we spoke, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit of, um, uh, work done. And I started on the NFC side because I feel like that's where most of your long shots are, are available. And in general, my philosophy for betting and NFL this time of season is looking for the, the real long prices, try to capture those, put them in pocket now. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, the value at least relative to market in the NFC right now for me is with the new Orleans saints. Um, and I think any kind of way to attack that either through division prices, um, or, you know, 
trying to capture a little upside with that offense potentially and James Winston coming back, uh, I think is worth a, a flyer at this point. Um, overall, it's still, there's not a ton of obvious misprices. I don't think in the NFL market. Um, so it's, this is going to be a tough a tough uh, run up of creating content for those of us in the business, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I gotta tell you, like there's, yeah, there's, you know, there's haves and haves nots. Uh, there's quarterbacks who can realistically make a, a run at a super bowl. And there are teams that, you know, are, are very clearly lost in terms of not even sure what their what the, what the philosophy is of a rebuild at this point. So, um, it's, uh, it's Falcons it could be, of uh, the world. Yes. The Falcons of the world, the yeah. Panthers of the world, the bears of the world. The, the um, saints are interesting though, just cause, cause anecdotally, I haven't heard a more varied opinion on them, but the saints themselves clearly all in, they think they can compete for that division. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Talent, talented roster. Thank you, Drew, as always. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Best of luck. At whale underscore capper, Todd Wishnev on baseball on the other side. Numbers game, Visa, the sports betting network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget uh, the VSIN summer special is here as well. $19. That's all it will uh, cost you to get everything Visa has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today. You'll get Visa's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And if you want the full Visa experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Skill Alexander. By the way, Jeff... Uh, Jeff Parlay here as well. Uh, there is an offshore that has offered a prop of who will be the next PGA member to leave for the Live Golf Series. Who will be the next? I don't know what the not li- cynical at all. Not cynical. I don't know what the limits are on this. I have no idea. Any guesses as to who the short shot would be of current PGA members? I don't know how they would come up with this. But next PGA member to leave for live golf odds. Do you know who the uh, short shot? My, would be? my guess would have been Ricky Fowler. That would have been my guess since his name has been swirling around a lot. I don't even uh, see with that. Him. And he's, I don't. I, he's not even on this. Yeah, list. Yeah, that's kind of surprising to me. It's uh, it's co favorites. Matt Kuchar and Webb Simpson both at plus two fifty. Yeah, I guess Kuchar makes sense. He can go to another tour where he can choke away leads in the final day. There have been an international incident or, t- or, or two. I remember one anyway with Matt Kuchar. <laughs> Tony Finau, three to one. Hideki Matsuyama, four to one. Xander's, I, these numbers are no, ridiculous. No, I mean, again, it's it's a very cynical market there, Gil. Xander plus 650. Victor Hovland plus 650. Morikawa plus 650. Let me tell you something. If Hovland or Morikawa, a player of that ilk, young and awesome, young and elite, one of those guys bounces, Seismic. Don't think Colin Morikawa is going anywhere based off what he said. Anyway, that's the kind of stuff you can bet on if you're into that kind of thing. You think Liv will change its name? It's got to change its name, right? They're changing it, but I'm not entirely. They they are making it a different name, but I haven't seen what the new name will be next year. They just need Greg Norman to stop talking. Cue the the jokes on what it could be called, right? Yeah. Boy. Just a collection of some of the uh, most... Fascinating human beings have made that move. That's for sure. Todd Wishnev joins us. Speaking of fascinating human beings, sorry to put you in that same sentence, Todd. It's Todd Wishnev from his mom's cork addict, star of the Showtime docuseries Action from back in the day, and of course, star of the Megapod as well. Shaven and having lost tons of weight. Can we get, first of all, hello, Todd. How are you? 
from his mom's cork ass. Hi, Gilly. How are you? <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. All right, let's start. Uh, where let's rehash the bet, the weight loss bet. Let's get this out of the way first. You and Steve Fezzik, back to back Hilton Super Contest uh, football handicapping winner from back in the day. You and Steve are in a weight loss contest. Give us the uh, the rules again. Basically, we started uh, on May 12th. Uh, I was already 13 days into my journey, down from 304.6 to 289 at that point. And we made a bet that between May 12th of 2022 to May 12th of 2023, if I weigh at any time weigh less than him, I win 9,000. If I don't, I lose 3,000. And that's because I'm 62 pounds behind at the start, 290, 289 to 227. He was only 227 at the time. And now? So, well, we are now on July 5th. So that's what, about uh, almost... 50 something days later, I am now down to 252.6 and he is at, uh, 212. So I'm about 40 pounds behind instead of 62 pounds behind. Um, you know, so I'm cutting, cutting into the lead. Pace yourself, pace yourself. You got time. Fezzik's not playing around either though. It should be noted, but you, I mean, since I started this, it's been 66 days and I've lost 52 pounds. 66 days, 52 pounds. Jeff has a wedding next year. Jeff wants to, as most Americans do prior to their wedding, they want to lose weight. Not just Americans. Those are the only people I know getting married. Um, They want to lose weight for the beautiful wedding pictures. Jeff, you've expressed an interest in calling Todd and learning his techniques, yes? Well, no. Well, first off, Todd Todd is— Don't say no. You said that exactly to me. Todd is the expert at, at dropping pounds quickly. He's great yes. at this. I just, at some point, I will t- talk to Todd about a diet that <laughs> okay. I will inevitably follow for 10 days and then uh, see where the discipline's at. That's exactly what I said, Todd. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what he wants. He wants to lose that weight. He wants to look good for the pictures, and you are the guy. Is this a possible side business for you to teach people how I, to lose I, weight? You know, somebody else called me and, and wanted a whole pep talk, and I said maybe I should just have a, a weight loss coaching uh, program. Uh, you know, where I have a, a morning call in with people every day. And so it's something I've definitely been thinking about. We'll see if I All actually right. get around to doing it. Um, dude, Again, does eating big cheese balls with olive oil drizzled over it, will that allow me to lose weight or is that not part of a detection? I have no. found that that is not the most no. effective okay. use of uh, diet in the program. No. As, as you have mocked before, before. Okay, uh, baseball, you're betting it every single day. No pre-flop whatsoever, just in-game. We're not going to talk about the fact that the Zoftig girl uh, lost to. Oh, I already, uh, I already did. Tatiana Maria. I'm happy to talk Please about talk it again. About it. Okay. She she Whatever. was up she was up a set up a break yeah. and then it all went to hell. It, well, she got sliced by by the that she was playing the big T game. That's what I play the Todd, slice. Todd texts me during cold. all of these matches and says how much better his slice is than all these professional players. It's fantastic. I'm sure people. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's tremendously better. Slightly better, you know, slightly. Um, yeah, Zaftig, by the way, for those who follow the Yiddish language from Todd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, yes. No, we already we already uh, said how that woman could have definitely used some nutritional help. There's no doubt about that. It has not been a good grass season. It has not been a good tournament for. Uh, young Gill, and that's what uh, that's what Drew was saying as well. But we still have some futures that can get there, so we'll see if we can salvage. Are you watching Sinner? Are you watching this yes. Sinner craziness? Sinner up I, two I sets. I took Sinner live, so I don't know what what will happen. I'll probably blow it because I took him live as well. 
I took him live as well when he was still plus money. But right now, Djokovic up a break in the third set. So here comes Novak, as we knew this yeah. would happen, right? Yeah, of course. Can we get to baseball for a second? Because we only have sure, a few minutes left. Let's talk you keep, baseball. You keep, uh, you keep filibustering. Um, okay, Sorry. so just in game, no preflop, correct? That's your. That's still your thing. No, 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 no. I I play more. I play more preflop baseball than any other oh. sport. But I do. Uh, you know, played in game, of course, as well. Do you have any preflop for do, us today? I haven't really looked everything over yet today. Okay. So I, I don't want to just jump off the. You know. Give us, give us as you, although, as you. Although I just right off the top of my, head, I love betting against Chris Archer, although he's been good lately. Um, but yeah, I haven't really, honestly, I haven't really looked it over yet. Okay. What is give us, give us the preflop sort of trend here this year? Not necessarily trend. That's not the word that I'm looking for. But sort of something you have noticed. Uh, cropping up here that you have been able to exploit more often than not Major League Baseball betting? Uh, well, I mean, uh, one thing I've been able to not lose on is don't bet Tigers games over because they can't hit under any circumstances. I mean, I think they average three runs a game, and they're just horrendous. So just don't bet Tigers game over. They, they, they just can't go over. So the Tigers, you know, though, you know, we're going to go next hour. We're doing the uh, Q2 MLB derivatives uh, show with uh, Mark Borchard, where we go through all kinds of betting lenses, right? Full game, money line, run lines, first fives, umpires, first innings, but first fives. And this is always the, you know, why betting is always a puzzle, right? The Tigers are one of the worst first five teams in all of baseball. You were just talking about the Tigers and their totals. They're one of the first five one of the worst first five betting teams in all of baseball, and bam, there they go, 4-0 and run in first fives here, largely because they were playing the Tigers, who were even worse in first five. But again, with all this stuff, right? The you Tigers just, were playing the Tigers? I'm sorry, the uh, the Royals were playing the Tigers, pardon oh, me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that the Tigers just, in, in the case of the Tigers, pardon me, uh, the Tigers, right, it was the Royals who bucked the trend, pardon me. The Tigers just keep doing what they've been doing, to your point, just bad in so many ways. First fives being another one. They are by far the worst first five team in all of baseball. And you say the same with totals as well. So there are, there are things that will, you know, ebb and flow. And then there's some things that just sustain in a way. Well, it's funny that you say that because I noticed with, with under teams in baseball in a lot of other sports, you can have an under team and then the bookmakers adjust and then they, you know, come back to normalcy. But uh, I've noticed through the years in baseball, they just can't adjust the totals low enough in, in certain teams and the teams can end up, you know, 55 and 107 to the under, you know, some crazy number because, it uh, you know how much how low can you go to get the over to happen when a team just can't hit? So I, I do notice that in baseball that's the one thing where you know teams can just keep going under forever. Yeah, and then the A's can explode on any given day as they did yesterday. Right, but I mean things happen over a 162 game schedule, but largely the chasm between the haves and the have-nots, as we talked about in baseball for so many years now, just keeps getting. It's keep getting wider and wider. And some of these teams, is there anything worse in sports? Let's just close up with this. Anything worse in sports betting than betting on a team that has an anemic baseball offense? I find that over the years to be the most 
the, the most futile feeling of, of so many different bad feelings in sports betting that you could have. But that's one of them where if you're back, yeah, yeah. game's over, the yeah. game's over because you're like, okay, well now I have, I have the top of my order coming up in the seventh and they can't hit and they get out and then that's it. You know, the rest of the order ain't going to get a hit. It's raining in Pittsburgh, which is why Todd volunteered to be on the show today. We always appreciate it, Todd. Thank you so much. And good luck with the weight loss. No problem. I'll be speeding by you soon, Gilly Ice. I'm sure you will be. That should be a sight to behold. NFL prop next. Numbers game visa, the sports betting network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. BetMGM state of the art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odd specials, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you'll find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to betmgm.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offers not available in Nevada or New York. This is from, uh, we get tweets, we get texts. This is from Las Vegas. Chris, who was kind enough to join us on the uh, on the show yesterday. He said, do, 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 what did he say here? He said, brutal comment from Todd that he'll be blowing by you weight-wise. Oh, he'll totally blow by me weight-wise. Totally. He is a professional weight loser. Now, some people object, including Chris, to the speed, the, the rate at which Todd is losing weight, uh, believing that to be unhealthy. But as Todd would sort of reply, as he has in the past, is that worse than me having full-blown diabetes over three bills? So he is... Uh, yeah, I mean, should you fluctuate like that? No, you should not. But in Todd's case, the better of the two options, perhaps. But, oh, he's absolutely blowing by me. There's no doubt about it. I'm doing that thing like in a 4 by 100 where I'm just like running slowly ahead of him, grabbing it. But he'll, uh, he'll absolutely get to me. No question about it. All right, Jeff Parlay is here as well, producer number five and eight. With more NFL props season long, we went through uh, most interceptions yesterday. In the National Football League, we have uh, we did Coach of the Year. We did Comeback Player of the Year. What do you got today, sir? We'll have a few options today. We'll start with this one. This is this is not the most complex market here, Gil, because we talk about teams that stink all the time. The lowest scoring team for this upcoming NFL season, and without much of a shock, there are a lot of there are a lot of bad teams in this league this year, Gil. Go on paper going in. What did you think of Drew's comment, by the way, at the end, where he's like, for 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 those of us who put out content in the NFL, that he thinks he might have more difficulty with that this year. I don't know. I, that that's a that was a fascinating comment to me. I'm never in the camp of that. There isn't enough to me, talk about me neither. For football. Me neither. Man. So yeah, I, yeah, I I, under, I there may be. There may be some things that are a little bit different this year in this NFL we, season we than we're can, used to. We vomit football out but of us. We, yes. we usually we all adapt usually yes. to to creating content for, yeah. for for the NFL and for college football. I'm sure he'll be fine too. Very easy. I think yeah. we'll be all right uh, yeah. in the long run. But uh going to uh going back to to this real quick, Gil. The Texans are the short shot to be the lowest scoring team in the league at plus five fifty. The Bears are six to one with along with the Falcons. The Carolina Panthers at nine to one with the Seahawks. What are the Steelers doing at eleven to one at the same number as the Jets? 
Like, even with the question marks at quarterback, they'll still find ways to score on defense. That's a little bit surprising. And then everyone else, uh, 14 to 1 or longer. All right, let's go through last year's numbers. Yeah, please. Last year's numbers. Lowest scoring teams in the National Football League last year. Lowest scoring team was the, for most of the season, led Urban Meyer Jacksonville Jaguars. They scored 253 points in 17 football games. Oh, my God, is that bad. 253. Texans were second. Were the Texans second? Uh, No. The New York football giants, 258, just five more points. Danny Dimes, just five more points the Jaguars could muster. And then it's the Texans at 280 from last year. Uh, rounding out the uh, the other worst teams in the NFL last year for fewest points scored, the Panthers, 304. That ain't good, but that was a, a, lot, a lot of that without, of course, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then the Jets, your Jets at 310, finished in fourth in terms of the lowest amount of points scored. The Bears, by the way, 311, finishing out the top five. Yeah, and Atlanta at 313, so yeah. there's a lot. Of, it's jumbled once you get to the uh, bottom half of that top five. Um, the question becomes with, uh, with any of these markets, these, by the way, courtesy of DraftKings, good on DraftKings for putting out so many different props that you can bet on already here during the summer. I think I would probably take a where, by the way, where are the Titans not even listed? Where are the Titans? I'm just curious about a long shot here. That's not even on the board. Cause again, the Titans wide receiving core is brutal. It's like Robert Woods coming off an injury and then someone that your average football fan wouldn't recognize another name on in terms of their, in terms of their wide receiving core. Obviously, they have Derrick Henry. I get it. But if you're looking to make a really long shot, I'm just curious what their number is. 35. 35 to 1 on the Titans. Okay, just throwing it out there. Of the ones listed on this board that are not as sexy as 35 to 1, I hate to say it, but maybe I don't hate to say it. It's not quite the short shot, but it's tough to look past the Falcons at 6 to 1, isn't it? Like what's what's the argument for the Falcons at six to one? That Marcus Mariota is a veteran quarterback. Okay, I just came up with that argument. I hadn't written that just now. Okay, I, I get it. But I mean, I, I wouldn't have any problem with anybody saying the Falcons at six to one. No, I don't have a problem with Atlanta. I don't have a problem with Carolina. How are the Patriots eighteen to one? Well, the problem is once you start getting near the bottom here, you you start seeing teams that should that that are that are way shorter than they should be. Uh, I'm a little surprised. The Commanders and the Saints, not on this graphic, both have the same odds as the Jags and the Browns at twenty to one. Well, okay, so let's go to the Jags, who again, as we said, yeah. had the worst, had the fewest amount of points scored last year in the NFL. If the Jags end up with the fewest points again, you'll hate yourself for not betting this. Giants, by the way, fourteen to one. Jets eleven to one of of the of the horrible teams last year in terms of points scored. It, don't don't at least a few a couple of those teams, if not all three, fall under the category of uh, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll bet against it. I mean, I'll I'll bet for winning this market. In other words, prove me wrong, Jags, Giants, or Jets. Yeah, I wouldn't bet the Jets number at what it's at. I would li- actually like a little bit more. The Giants at fourteen to one. I 
The Giants are, are very difficult to figure out here in this market because sometimes we see a new head coach and a new system come in, and all of a sudden the team that was inept for years and years ends up putting together a good offense. So they're a little bit tough for me to touch. Jacksonville, yeah, we kind of know what Doug Peterson is as a head coach, Gil. We know what he is. We know what he did in Philadelphia. Uh, we know what he did with a healthy Carson Wentz. We giving him credit. We giving Frank Wright credit. What are we doing? I, I think it's a little bit of both of them. Even though, again, uh, Frank Reich, uh, with, with good the, coach. I think Pe- I think Peterson gets gets doesn't get enough credit for what what he did there. I mean, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. With all I mean, of the, with all of these season long bets, right? But they were they were rolling just Wentz unbelievable dice every that team that Philadelphia Eagles team again using replay rules from the future to win the Super Bowl. You got you got that right, Eagles fans. You're welcome. Using replay rules from the future, which remember had Chris Collinsworth completely dumbfounded on on replay during that Super Bowl, but just rolling the dice and coming up just absolutely great for them all year long on third and long that year. That was some of the more sustained ridiculousness for any Super Bowl champ. Hey, you still won the Super Bowl, Philadelphia Eagles. And yes, maybe I was the fan of an NFC East team that never wanted to see you win one. But I'm just saying, those things did happen that year. So, I don't know, Doug Peterson, are we giving him that much credit? I'm not. Good for him, but I'm not, like, going crazy about it. Back to the original point, though. With all of these season-long bets, the main things you have to remember is, well, first of all, the first thing you have to ask yourself, we don't have DraftKings available to us here in Nevada, and so I have to ask myself, would I bet this actually if this were available to me? Right. Hypothetical is one thing. And I will say, oh, if I if I had this, I would absolutely bet this season long. I don't think I I'm not sure I would bet this market, Jeff, but I will tell you what what I would certainly only bet as much as I said, oh, the Falcons, that's pretty tough to, to argue against. I think you only bet long shots here. You only bet long shots like you have to be the, the notion of having the Falcons at six to one and waiting all year for that to manifest you got to have to have pretty serious conviction. Because as you said, these things change from year to year. But give me the Jags at 20 to 1 or the Titans at 35 to 1. Or even the Giants at 14 to 1. Yeah, that I'd be more interested in. Would I pull the trigger on this bet? I don't know that I would. Probably not. The other, Also, too, we haven't mentioned the Seahawks at all. You're right. Who are going into the season with a bad quarterback, regardless of who wins that position. And you're going to have Pete Carroll wanting to run the ball 40 times a game with average running backs. It's not a bad one either. Not a bad one. But I think with with a lot of these, like unlike, for instance, when we were going through comeback player of the year and coach of the year, like I think I would actually bet those. Coach of the year, for instance, I mean, for, specifically for real, I would bet that for all the reasons we stated uh, when we went through that last week. This one, I don't know. But if I did, it would be a long shot for sure. We'll do some more of these NFL props a little later on the show. Something that perhaps we would bet. Coming back, the MLB Q2 Derivative Show next with Mark Borchard, Numbers Game Visa, and the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 